0: Well, yesterday Liam Neeson uh, was in the headlines for a very, a lot of very complicated reasons, uh, and. You know, I think when you read the headlines, you get such a small piece of the story. Um, and so we're going to try to kind of tease out the bigger story of exactly what Liam Neeson said in a press junket. And then what he has said since the press junket. And maybe try to get a broader understanding of what all of this means and what he was trying to communicate.
1: Yeah, because I was one of them people yesterday. I was like, what? what? I know.
0: This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk one stream live at mytalk1071.com everything entertainment Colleen Lindstrom Bradley Trainer, and I was like what too and um, I and I only saw like a shade of a headline and then I had a friend who was like I cannot believe he said this he, I like I just was thinking he's so talented and he's even kind of attractive and yeah. now I just Hate him, and I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, but I still didn't go like take a deep dive into it, right, to understand better What's what really had happened. On, yeah. And then he was on Good Morning America this morning, and so now I feel like I've he he has sort of clarified himself a little bit more. So, going back to the beginning, he was sitting down in a press junket for uh, his new movie. His new movie is called Taken, and it was in this press junket. He was talking to a reporter for the Independent which is a British publication uh, and he started talking about the theme of revenge in this movie and in a press junket, which is just basically a conveyor belt of reporters coming through, asking you about your movie. Mm -hmm. It in the moment apparently occurred to him to share a story in his life about revenge, a way that he connected to this character and the story that he shared was a shocking story and probably deserved a little bit more unpacking, but it was a story he had never shared before. Uh, And so likely he had not gained a full perspective on uh, the best way to go about telling the story. So the story is that he, uh, upon coming back into the country, he's from Ireland, uh, coming back home and learning that a, a loved one of his had been raped by a black man. He went out in anger and from a place of revenge, he would storm the streets at night, waiting for somebody who would remind him of that person, meaning another black man, to bother him enough to want to get into some sort of tussle with him enough that he could get angry enough to get into an argument with him, that he could end up getting revenge on the person who raped this loved one of his. Mm-hmm by killing this person who reminded him of that person. He said that this was a period of time that lasted for him about two weeks. Uh, he felt like it was a burden he carried. He would march around with this anger, just like a cloak around him. Uh, and it took a while for it to serve him to sort of realize what that anger was all about before he came out of it. Uh, and he's reflecting on this in a press junket. It's disturbing, right? Yeah. I it's mean, I, super disturbing.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why you would say those words unless you felt them. And, and you know, I guess you always want to um, appreciate people's honesty. Um,
0: wow. Right. <laughs> right. So he's sitting and he's sitting with his co-stars, right? So yeah. because when you're in a junket, you're sitting with did the their people. eyes
1: just explode. Well,
0: uh, well, I can't say the word that um, Tom yeah, Bateman, cause... his co-star said
1: on oh, the air because it he... was a swear. OK,
0: he said, holy
1: Well, because apparently he used the words black and then another word we don't use that rhymes with mustard, but not really rhymes. Mm -hmm. Like in terms of referring to the Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Like that was the, but and I think he was describing the mindset he was in, that that was what he was looking to do. Um, So he, so yes. And, and of course, because you had the snippet of. And again, in a junket, you're talking to people for 15 minutes, probably. So I don't know, again, that he had had the time to really, he sort of spit this story out Uh without the time to really think about what that might mean to people, the way he was telling it without really being able to tell how it resolved or any of that. Not, I'm not just, no, I know. I know what you're, I know. Cause I feel the same exact way where it's like, I'm trying to make it sound better and it's not good. People were angry and they should be angry. And the, and publications took the worst parts of it, which are all bad and made headlines out of it. And then he was on GMA this morning.
1: What I, I want to get to that interview, but what I was going to say is I, you know, you just don't say those things unless you believe those things. So he believed it. He needs to own what he said. And yes. if anything, he could go on uh, to talk about it today. But uh, period. That's all I wanted to say about that was that I, I don't because I those words would not have come out of my mouth. Right. They would not have come out of your mouth. It is not to say that we do not have our own privilege and, uh, you know, issues that we have to deal with. But in this context, the, there is no explanation for that other than you reacted in a racist way, period, end of story. Now, if you'd like to clarify what that means, let's talk about it. So when he went on GMA this morning, uh, what did he go on to say that was different?
0: Okay, so he sat down and, and um, I, you know, listen, I... He sat down with Robin Roberts, and yeah. she was, she was, she, I mean, put him in the hot seat and yeah. started oh, sure. the interview with, do you understand the pain of a black person hearing the words you said? Yeah. Uh, and he, and he said, absolutely, you're absolutely right. And even at the time, even though it was 40 years ago, I didn't think about that. It was yep. primal hatred, he said. Yep. um, You know, and he... <laughs> He, you know, I don't know that anybody's going to be satisfied with the way that he yeah, talked about it. Sure, but he did go on to explain that the, at the time that this happened, um, and there, and I do believe that there is a message in this yeah. that everybody needs to hear. Okay, um, it was during a period of time in history in Ireland called the Troubles, uh, and are you familiar with that at Not all? Okay, so in the during that time called the Troubles. Um, this was a time where more than a thousand people died. This was 30 years of conflict between the, uh, mostly Protestants who were fi- fighting for Northern Ireland to remain part of the United Kingdom. Yeah, uh, so, and the Northern, were f- yeah, so yep. I
1: understand that there was a conflict yep. happening. So that
0: was part of what it's called the Troubles, and he's talking about that period of time where there was like hatred breeding hatred bigotry breeding breeding bigotry that when there is already a climate of hatred and bigotry it has a habit of breeding more of that in all different forms and he was feeling like that that was that was sort of part of the impetus of that time in his life that he was living in that space when that happened um and that is kind of the broader piece of the story he is, I, I, listen, again, I don't know what on earth possessed yeah, him. Yeah, because
1: that sounds like a lot of explanation, again, that doesn't deal with the issue, which is you said that you wanted to kill a black person because a black person had brutally raped someone. Like, um, that's a horrible thing to say. Absolutely. And, and if if that's what you're feeling, then you need to address your own inner, um, your own inner racism. racism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or outer Absolutely. racism, because you said it out loud. So... But it's this weird sort of like, I don't know, if I had said something like that, I, I can't, again, I don't understand how you get to the point that you feel like saying that is okay. But if that did come out of my mouth, I think I would hope that I would have the awareness to say, wow, that is a terrible thing to say and I need to understand uh, why I said that and what it means about me. And like, I would do some some inward looking. Like right? untangling But I would that. not try to like, put it in the context of a different time and place, because that seems very sort of like um, explaining away in a way that I don't think is fair because it does have an actual harm on like, like Robin said, like on the people, like if you're a black person and you hear that you're like, Oh my God, this is like, this is exactly what my concern is that people are going to treat me Uh, and everybody like me in a way that, um, you know, could lead to violence. So I, I just like, I totally think he needs to be in the here and now and not trying to over explain or to understand the nuance of something, just like own that you have caused some pain and you need to work on your stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, and hopefully in the like ensuing conversations that he's now being forced to have because he acted impulsively and in, in a junket, I mean,
1: That's a height. Okay, so what that is to me—that seems—that's privilege, privilege, right? Like you don't real. You think like you sharing this part of you is going to like somehow be enlightening? No, you're actually going to hurt people, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that people don't realize. I I get that in the sense of privilege. I understand that I have the privilege of saying certain things that can hurt people without even without me even realizing it. And that's something you need to be aware of. Right. Hopefully he will now be aware of it. But wow, well he's
0: going to be put through his paces. (laughs) I mean that's what I'm. You know. In in the he's not I mean this is not over he will have to continue to have conversations uh, about exactly and I hope the, the conversation because
1: I'm afraid that a lot of white people are going to have this or hear this conversation and think like oh that means we can't ever talk about you know what might actually be a, a, a you know there are other people who probably felt like he did right mm-hmm. it's not that you can't talk about it but like again he was at a press junket for. This thing, and it was like he used that to like PR a movie. Like, that just seems to so, tell of his story
0: of how he got so into character in a way
1: that's not helpful to anybody yeah. and very likely hurtful. So, wow, thanks. I think we're gonna hear more on this story, oh, perhaps. The,
0: well, this one probably won't go away. Wuff, yeah. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, we have to have a little memory of something that happened yesterday on the show because I'm. Um, I found a story that relates to a blind item that we shared yesterday that I misunderstood. Oh. Uh, and I have a different understanding of it now, oh. having to do with a- Angelina Jolie and her son oh. Maddox. Oh, God. Yep. After this on My Talk 1071. Okay. So mm, this is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming hey, live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. That's my name. Don't wear it out.
1: No, wear it out. Oh, I, okay. Wear it.
0: Um, okay, well, I saw this article today. Uh, it was in my trending report. Oh, um, oh, okay, um, yes, Granny. that tell I have mailed more. to me on my electronic oh my mails. Anyway, okay, here was the headline, okay? Angelina Jolie is so excited mm-hmm. that her oldest son, Maddox, is finally dating. And I was like, oh, I feel like we've just recently spoken of this. I um, want to read more about this. And I want to read you a quote, okay? Um, The quote goes like this. The source revealed Angie was so thrilled when Maddox told her he was taking girls out. He's her eldest, and she was so excited to watch him become a man. Um, She sat him down and made sure to explain how to treat women with respect. And then I was like, Mm, I remembered something that happened yesterday when we were doing our blind well, items on the show.
1: She apparently watched him become a man.
0: <laughs> Did Remember this? Oh well, we're just going right to the sweet spot. All right, <laughs> here we go. Why? Okay, well, read the blind why item, would please? the hired help? Why would they be taking anything off of? I'm because s- they want to
1: get pregnant and then <gasps> paycheck. Bing, bing,
0: bing, bing, bing. Good job, Bradley. And the hired help is not a <laughs> housekeeper, Colleen. Do you know who I... Oh, it's the person. <laughs> I figured it out. Okay, pause. Thank you. What? So to be clear, what's happening there is Holly has just delivered a blind item. Do you that... want
1: me to read the blind item? Yes,
0: please. Okay,
1: so this is the blind item from yesterday. Uh, the This, okay, this permit... and. Yes, here it is. This permanent A-list, mostly movie actress, who really doesn't act much any longer, made sure she was in the room the first time her son had sex to make sure the hired help didn't try to take the condom off her son.
0: The subjects of that are Angelina Jolie and Maddox.
1: And her son Maddox. And a hired sex worker. There was some confusion about that blind item, which we can get to by playing the rest of that clip in just a moment. But again, you just read a story this morning about how she is watching him become a man. Yeah. We read a blind item yesterday that says she was in the room watching him become a man.
0: Exactly.
1: So now fast forward to our reaction and try. we tried to explain to Colleen what was going on in this blind item. And then that that went south.
0: Yes. So I was under the impression that the hired help was apparently somebody who was hired to clean the house.
1: Yeah, she thought like the maid was trying to take a condom off her son while he was having sex with someone as if that is a maidly duty.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So maybe there's some truth to that, according to InTouch Magazine. Well, according to InTouch Magazine, Maddox is in fact dating, and uh, Angelina Jolie was excited to see him become a man. So, um, yeah, I think you're right, Holly. I think there was, in fact, some truth to that blind item. And maybe more true than so we were much ready more for.
1: Than that story leads to because it involved allegedly her watching him have his first sexual experience. Ugh. She's
0: watching him become a man. No.
1: All right. It's not acceptable.
0: When we come back, we have some celebrities behaving badly. Not worse than that, but pretty bad. And we call celebrities behaving badly on the Colleen and Bradley show. D bags. We'll tell you about them after this on my talk 1071 ah celebrities behaving badly we love to talk about them on the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. everything entertainment colleen lindstrom bradley trainer we call those celebrities behaving badly yeah we
1: do d bags presenting lord and lady douchebag of the day love love will keep us together I
0: love that song. Keep singing. Think of me, baby, whenever.
1: Love comes around and you're You're not around. around. Then I'm going to cheat on you. Oh, wait, what? That is not the way it goes Mm. at all. Jada Pinkett Smith is my D-bag for the day. She
0: didn't even sing that song.
1: No, but she did talk about love. And I wanted to talk about her talking about love because, well, it's going to make your eyes plop out of your head, roll across the floor. Then you're going to want to step on them, light them on fire and kick them into the icy street to get run over by a snowplow that's dropping off salt.
0: That sounds aggressive.
1: (laughs) So here's the story. The headline that got me to this was, Jada Pinkett Smith explains how romantic love can ruin a marriage. Isn't
0: that Backwards?
1: Well, I was going to say, the thing that intrigued me about this headline is this seems counter to the narrative that we've been spoon-fed on the Red Table Diary Talks Mm -hmm. on her Facebook show, where she's like, we still do it five ways to Sunday, and we're still doing it in front of the kids, and we're showing them what real love is all about, sticking our tongues down each other's throat at really inopportune moments like family dinners and exams, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. Like, so they're always shoving their their uh, romance down our throats. Mm-hmm. Well, um, she's recently been talking about how that romantic love expectation can really screw with you, and here's what she said. <laughs> I had an epiphany the other day. Oh, to live in a world. Can you imagine what it's like to be around Jada Pinkett Smith when she has an epiphany? Oh my
0: gosh, I bet it's earth shattering.
1: (laughs) You just want to be like, I hope I have a a waxing appointment or something so I can get the heck out of this room. I had an epiphany the other day, said Jada. I had to call Will and say, you know what? I have to thank you for enduring my rage. It made me realize how durable love must be. Because we don't have all of the answers in the beginning.
0: Oh. Oh, you have to wait until later to get all the answers, right, Jada?
1: I realized how unmet <laughs> standards of romantic love often justified it to turn into a cold heart that many times can fuel hateful and brutal actions of revenge and manipulation towards someone you say or said you loved. What? My romantic standard of love was all that mattered. And if it wasn't met, there was more than hell to pay. My romantic standards were feeding my ego, whether they met, they were met or unmet. Okay. What I think this all boils down to is she, when she doesn't get her own way as a bitch to That's the people what closest I'm to her.
0: That's what I'm hearing. Right?
1: She says, um, I experienced some very hard lessons That formed the decision that my ego and my heart could not share the same space. She is just like a walking, like, I don't know, greeting card, self-help book. Or just that I don't buy word because I word. Well, I mean, she just
0: has lots of words It's
1: like old country buffet of words. Yeah.
0: But like this, but not the good part with the macaroni and cheese. Cause she has no carvery price. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Well, and if she does, you're just getting that crusty end piece. Yes,
0: it's or the butt it's like of the a, meat. a
1: thin piece, and you're like, really, you're just gonna give me that? Yeah. I mean, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet. Cut me off half that damn thing, yeah. and let's get some horseradish sauce, <laughs> the creamy kind, not the regular kind. I want some fatty, creamy goodness. Okay, but I digress. We? But anyway, it, 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 it's like you kind of always have an idea of where she's going and then you're just like,
0: what? Well, you know, listen, here's what I thought she was going to say. Okay. I thought she was going to say having preconceived notions of what romantic love looks like in a relationship is a relationship killer.
1: Yeah, because why? Why?
0: Because other people, you can never, people will never meet those expectations. Yeah, they're
1: your expectations. Yes. And what world do you live in that your expectations will be constantly met by another human being?
0: Exactly. None. Never. There isn't one.
1: Every, like maybe once a week, you're going to get something you, you kind of thought you were supposed to right. get. And I, if I were to tell you of all the things Jamie and I carp about or like bicker about or, you know, struggled with in the beginning, it was this notion of like, this is the way you do things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, I'm happy for you, but you're involving yourself now with another person who doesn't see the world that way. Right. So, insofar as that is concerned, um, but then she just seems to go on this, you know, this flowery, brutal, first of all, hateful, brutal actions of revenge and manipulation.
0: Don't you want to know more about that? I'm like, tell who? me that story, like the Count I of mean, Monte Cristo. popping the popcorn? I
1: have thought of reaching over and putting a pillow on Jamie's face on occasion and then I, you know, go, well, that's not going to end well, so I'm not doing that. I guess I understand that, but I've never actually taken any hateful or brutal actions of revenge and or manipulation on my partner. Have you?
0: No, I feel like that would be something you'd need to sort out with a professional.
1: Yeah, a professional and perhaps law enforcement. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, wow. So. Um. All right. Did she say, did she have any other enlightening epiphanies? Decided- did she have any other epiphanies, I guess, is my question.
1: Yeah, she did. She said, um, ultimately, she decided to transform her union to Will Smith. In a, from a conventional marriage to one of a life partnership led by and steeped in devotional friendship?
0: No. I can't. Is she just saying that so they can sleep with other people? Oh, my gosh. All right, just checking. She and Gwyneth Paltrow need to sit down together and just vomit words at each other. They would
1: just, like, it'd be one big, like...
0: It would be a black hole. Like, the universe would just collapse on itself. It would be, be, like, navel-gazing. I know.
1: (sighs) Well, and all the people who, you know, are readers of Goop and watchers of her Red Table diaries would just get sucked into that black hole.
0: (sighs) Yes. Hmm. All right. Have we digested? Have we digested our buffet enough? I feel better. Well, um, are you ready for my D-Bag? Yeah, of course. Ariana Grande.
1: Oh, no. What did she do? Well,
0: we've escalated the uh, the barbecue tattoo.
1: Oh, tattoo barbecue finger.
0: (laughs) Okay. So here's how this goes. So, okay. Remember, like, last week, I think it was, um, Ariana Grande, she has, like, she literally has a tattoo artist on retainer who I believe must travel with her and tattoos her at her whim um, who tattooed a kanji tattoo, a Japanese tattoo yeah. on her palm that was translated to barbecue grill. It was meant to read seven rings Well, then she had it fixed, but it didn't really actually get fixed. She had them add some extra stuff, and it didn't actually fix it. Long story, blah blah blah. It never actually said the thing she wanted it to say. Stinky
1: barbecue finger is what it basically says. It
0: doesn't say seven rings. (laughs) Nothing about it says seven rings. (laughs) So TMZ tweeted her about this offer that a tattoo removal place was giving her uh, that if you know she would, they would remove her tattoo. For free, you know, as long as, like, they would do, like, this million-dollar deal with her, basically. Okay. Well, she got real angry about that tweet, and she was like, how about this? I'll give you a million dollars to get off my
1: beep. Nuts.
0: Oh, sure, okay. That was what she said. Um, <clears throat> Then she kept going. Like, she wasn't done yet, okay? So here is what she tweeted and then later deleted. I also went back and got it fixed with the help of my tutor to be more accurate. I can't read or write kanji, obviously. What do you want me to do? It was done out of love and appreciation. What do you okay. want me to say? Okay. Oh, wait, no, wait, okay. I know. Hold it in because you have to. Because I'm with you. I'm yep. with you. We're on the same mm-hmm. team, but I need you to hold it together because I'm not done. You know how many people make this mistake and don't care just because they like how it looks? Bruh, I care so much. What do you want me to like do or say? For real. Okay. So that was Ariana Here's- Grande's response to. Oh wait, there is stinky more. barbecue more I than- don't care because okay. I need Are to you let sure? it out because you might I want. I don't. No, I don't. I, don't right, care. I really think you need to hear the rest. You can, you oh, can hear it later. Wait, Colleen, really say, say it fast. Say it fast. There is a difference between appropriation and appreciation. My Japanese fans were always excited when I wrote in Japanese or wore Japanese sayings on my clothing. However, all of the merch with Japanese on it was taken down from my site. Not that anyone cared to notice. Okay. Okay. All
1: right. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's like, what What do you expect me to do? Here's what I expect you to do. Not be an idiot. You are you are like acting like you are so privileged you can't open a dictionary. You can't go to Google. Like, you are so put out by actually being a, a, a kind human being. And then you're going to, like, g- yell at people on the internets because they're like, girl, you still didn't get it right. Like, whatever you're doing, stop doing it. And insofar as the Japanese are concerned, having lived um, uh, in the land of Japan for a very short amount of time but still having lived there if you you know said hello to them in japanese they would be like oh my god you're the most amazing japanese speaker i've ever met in my entire life and then they would turn the corner and be like that loser doesn't even know how to speak japanese not all obviously i'm saying they're extremely kind yes and just because your fans love you You know how it is when you're a fan of something. You're like, oh, that's great. You did a great job. No, no. It looks total. I mean, who needs words to be in a, you know, make sense uh, world? It's okay. I mean, we all do the... So just shut up, sit down, take off the dumb tattoo. And if something actually moves you from another culture, uh, investigate, explore, understand, and then, like, do it in a way... I have a foreign language on my chest. Mm Mm-hmm. I checked 800 different ways before I got it on my chest.
0: You didn't call your tattoo artist on retainer on a whim. And have no. them scrawl it out no. real quick. And like. It
1: meant something to me. It was important to me. It is. So I double checked to make sure it meant what I thought it meant. Then I did some, you know, source digging. I mean, I went deep because you don't just put other people's words on your chest if you don't know what they mean or what they've.
0: Or on the palm of your hand or yeah. on your butt or anywhere. You just don't do it. And
1: that's not hard. That, it is really not hard. Well,
0: and that's to me, that's like my final message in the world. Um, if I if you remember nothing else I've said, <laughs> remember this: if you don't know what it means, don't permanently affix it to your body.
1: Or if somebody told you what yes. it means, that is not good enough. No, that's lazy.
0: Yes, no, you just I, I just in general that bo- the thing that bothers me about it is like there's she thought she had a connection to something that she didn't even know.
1: Yeah. And that's because somebody goes, oh, you should get whatever. And she was like, oh, that would be cute. And, you know, just like that's my that's my problem with the world today (laughs) is everybody has a superficial reaction to something they don't even understand. And then they get really ticked off when you call them on it and act like you're being pedantic or somehow overly particular about something that doesn't really matter and you're like no I just expect you to show up and be an adult like the rest of us thank you
0: well and she's doing she's angry at everybody else yeah. and not actually examining what she Grow could have, up! how she could have handled it differently Girl,
1: We got some okay. feelings oh my gosh today. big time big time <sighs> it's really all yeah. about the weather
0: oh is it
1: the weather made me do it oh Oh. That's we, gonna be the title of my autobiography. The
0: weather made me do the, it.
1: Uh, the weather made me a bitch. Ooh, I just got shocked. By All the right, static electricity. I would
0: call that karma. <laughs> All right, when we come back, uh, another thing to get outraged about. Yay! Yay!
1: <laughs> oh, when, oh no, what is it now? Oh
0: Nick Cannon. Uh, oh, for the love! <laughs> Nick Cannon I is, is taking over. For Wendy Williams, and uh well we just have to eval- evaluate the performance after this. Well, Nick Cannon is filling in for the ailing Wendy Williams on her show. Uh and uh, we have to hear how that's going. This yeah. is the Colleen and Bradley show, my talk one oh seven one, streaming live okay. at my talk dot com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer.
1: Lies, all lies. Um Not what
0: I said. That was the
1: truth. No, that is the truth. Mm -hmm. That is the God's honest truth. Um, I think anyway. But, um, you know, Nick Cannon's been filling in uh, for Wendy Williams, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned. Um, But what I did want to say is particularly what he's saying about it is a bunch of falsehoods. Mm. Should we hear it? Yeah, let's have a listen. What What just happened? How many times can Nick Cannon say the word family unit? Just in a way that doesn't sound creepy um I don't want to know about your family unit no what he what he was talking about there were two things right um one
0: of course
1: course you're happy to hear that she's fine and i was like we have some questions here on the colina bradley show about mm-hmm. wendy williams underlying health mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. people who have like who are who are like decent and upstanding human beings probably would be like i don't care mm-hmm. but like you and i pay attention way too closely to these kinds of things mm-hmm. and we're like i'm not so sure this story is what it's cracked up to be in terms mm-hmm. of her health crisis quote unquote mm-hmm. we don't have to go into that uh we can Probably will. Mm,
0: someday. But what but I also... The thing I think we should be focused on the is... The thing that
1: I really wanted to like key in on here was, as I'm sure many of our listeners did, why is he going to such great lengths to point out that they were a family unit when he called them? And he and spoke how, to
0: the whole unit.
1: And they wanted, you know, there's some negativity out there and she just wanted to be good as a family unit and strong. like And there what can't was that be negativity
0: about? while there's There's healing trying to take place.
1: What was that all
0: about? That is because that um, seemed kind of goes in the category of, methinks thou dost protest too much, or like the over detailed accounting of it tells me that there's something to well, it, cover.
1: Yeah. It just sounded like they were trying to spin something like, yes. because he kept saying the same words over and over again. I was checking to see if he looked like he was reading off something and he wasn't, he would, but he kept going back to that. It's unit. a family. Well, unit. I'm sure
0: somebody gave him the copy points. Like the messaging we're using is that they are a family unit. And he was like, I know that family unit is important. So I will continue to say that family unit, family unit. Like,
1: the love and the passion is still there, because ah. that's what you need at times like this. The love and the passion. So now, for those of you who don't know, there have been rumors, and a lot, that there is trouble in paradise mm-hmm. between her and her husband. And that her husband not only has been like having an affair, but didn't he have a child?
0: Yes. yes.
1: Allegedly. With the
0: mistress. Yeah. Yeah. Who lives down the street. street, Yeah. yeah. In a house that is paid for by By him. him. And And, also, he's her manager. So, pretty much Wendy Williams' career is essentially paying for the mistress's house house. and (laughs) and future child.
1: So, (laughs) can I just point out that, like, if I were having a very serious health crisis, Graves' disease. Well, we've said this. You have Graves' disease. I do, yes. Let's say you have a issue that requires you to take weeks off of work. I've known you for
0: a A long long time, and
1: you've never had that. That doesn't mean you couldn't. I get it. However, let's say you did.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know that you addressing gossip and innuendo during a conversation about you being gone from your show because you're having a health crisis would be a story I'd want you to talk about at all, uh, or you would no, want me would to talk about. No, I would never
0: say, Bradley, can you please tell the audience X, Y, and Z for me?
1: Well, not only that, but like if there were rumors that you uh, your husband had been cheating no. on you, you wouldn't be like, can you point out that our family is really strong no. and united right now? I'd be like, no, because no, that's going to sound like you have something to hide. Yes,
0: I would be uncomfortable on six different levels yeah. about that. Now, listen. I mean, they do things differently in Hollywood because you know it's its own strange petri dish. But like that—that that was a weird.
1: Yeah. No, that was spin. that was a weird that was, m- was, moment. That was spin. That was propaganda. And he's just you know doing what he's told in order to you know have that job temporarily. By and whom,
0: though? That's my other Wendy, question. I'm sure. That's so strange. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, waterbeds. Do you have a waterbed? We need to talk to somebody who has a waterbed. Who's got a waterbed? 651-641-1071. If you have a waterbed in
1: 2000. 2000- have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area. And now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm James Seawood, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a 7-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433 and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of
0: God.